zone. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, how you doing, everybody? The Toronto Blue Jays have fallen behind 1-0 in their series with the Minnesota Twins. This one, a best of three with the Twins, who even though they have a worse record than the Jays, are the higher seed because they finished first in their division. The Twins taking the game today 3-1, so the Blue Jays facing elimination tomorrow. Texas beat Tampa Bay 4-0. The other two games currently on the Diamonds. Phillies lead Miami 1-0. That is in the bottom of the fourth and middle of the fifth. Arizona on the road with a 4-3 lead against Milwaukee. Yes, the uh, baseball playoffs getting underway today. We got both the Elks and the Oilers practicing today. The Elks getting ready for Toronto on Friday. Now that one's going to be on Kiss and Country 103.9 because we have an Oilers game on 6.30 Chet. So Dave and Morley flying out to Toronto. Brandon Escott will be doing the countdown to kickoff on Kiss and Country at 3.30 in the afternoon on Friday. The game is at 5. Here's what's coming up for the Oilers. Tomorrow they host Calgary. Face-off show at 5.30. Game at 7 for Rogers Place. The final preseason game against the Seattle Kraken. Also 5.30 and Seven face-off show and start time, respectively. And then that'll do it for the preseason. The Oilers now 3-2-1 and one in their exhibition schedule after a third-period rally last night. Three goals in the third, one, one into an empty net to uh, beat the Kraken. The Oilers were outplayed most of the night, certainly through 40 minutes, and quite badly outplayed in the second period. The Oilers still only two shots on goal in the second period. And holding them in the game, and getting the win in net and filing away his second great performance of the preseason, Jack Campbell. And I was talking about it with uh, with Brendan Escott at the end of Oilers Now. He looks different in net to me. Now, we'll see. He's got to do it when the games count. We know that the knock on Campbell throughout his career is how hard he can be on himself, how his confidence can be shaken when he has a bad night or two, and sometimes it can take him a while to to pull out of that. I, I think we saw a bit of that last year, but he looks really, really good this year. To me, he looks more in control. He looks bigger. He looks more upright. Um, you know, I, I, he doesn't seem to be flopping around or fighting pucks as often as he did last season. So that's a big positive if he comes back and plays like a number one goalie. And when he plays at the top of his game, um, I, I mean, make no mistake, he's he's right up there. I think it probably the top third of goalies in the National Hockey League. Now he's got to do that do that for a long time, and he's got to get back there and prove he can do it in the regular season. But I really like what I've seen from Campbell so far, and we'll see him one more time, likely on Friday, against the Kraken. Head coach Jay Woodcroft today talking a little bit about the goalies. Well, let's start with Jack. I think um, he went into the summer with a clear frame of mind on what he wanted to get better at. Um, he is 
appears to me to be very relaxed and uh, is letting the game come to him. He's made numerous great saves, and uh, he's in a he's in a good headspace. He's in a good physical space, and he's turned in two pretty good performances. I think it is very healthy for Stuart Skinner or um, any young goaltender to to have a partner of Jack's personal. Um, you know his personal quality. I mean, what a guy to be partnered up with, and and that is how we look at it. It's a partnership. So for Stewart uh, to feel somebody else playing well, I think he's number one happy for Jack that he's playing well, and then number two, um, he knows um, that we have a tandem. And going back to Specs' question, is it an open competition for opening night? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think definitely it is, and uh, and good for Campbell to to certainly be a factor after what he went through last season. That was a big question mark. It still is. We know, I know we got to do. He's got to do it when the games count. But uh, very positive for him through his two preseason appearances so far. Hey, by the way, I'm happy to hear from you tonight. Whether you want to talk about uh, Jack Campbell in net, any other Oilers storylines, and there is one I want to mention. Well, a couple other ones, but uh, one related to last night that I want to get to. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline. Presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You can email the show, inside sports at 630ched.com. Remember tonight, uh, usually this show is on Monday, but we had the Oilers game yesterday, so we have the Elks this week coming up between 7.30 and 8 with Morley Scott, and we'll visit with him before the bottom of the hour as well. Last night, Xavier Borgo. Hey, nice game. The, the youngster gets a couple of goals. Now, uh, still a player who needs to develop in the minors, so he's assigned to Bakersfield today. Woodcroft commenting on his message to Borgo. Uh, the messaging was that he laid down a much more impressive camp this this go around. I think a year of pro hockey under his belt served him well, and he knew what to expect. But uh, I saw a player that was involved. Uh, I saw a player that um, didn't wait for things to come to him. He went and, and made things happen. Uh, I think he's trending in the right direction as a prospect. He's he got bigger and stronger over the summertime. His job now is to go down to Bakersfield and become a very important player uh, on that team and um, you know uh, he should feel good about that camp because the coaching staff here and the management certainly feel good about it. So Borgo to Bakersfield, James Hamblin to Bakersfield, Seth Griffith placed on waivers so he'll wind up going to Bakersfield as well. Those were the Oilers roster moves today. So uh, Raphael Lavoie still around, uh, Adam Ernie still in camp on the PTO, Ben Gleason, what a game for him last night, remaining in the mix on defense. Uh, again, I don't know if he starts the season here, but maybe he's putting them in a situation where uh, they got to find a spot for him because he's been uh, pretty good, especially with the puck on his stick. So anyway, Borgo, after those two goals last night, assigned to Bakersfield today. Leon Dreisaitl, um a quiet preseason for him, I would think. He's taken a couple very aggressive penalties. Uh, obvious hit from behind last night. That uh, should have that been five minutes. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't think Oilers fans would like that on uh, on McDavid or Drysaitel or Bouchard or or, or whoever. Um, 
I'm sure Drysaddle will be fine once the regular season starts. Woodcroft was asked today if Drysaddle seems more ornery than he has been in other training camps. In the ex- in the preseason games or just in general? Um, I don't know. I've seen some of your old press conferences and some of the questions he's had to take. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think Leon is a premier player in the world and, uh, you know, like like Connor and like the rest of our leadership group, you know, he's serious about winning. He's driven to win. He is motivated by team success. Um, has that translated into, you know, maybe a little bit of orneriness? Um, maybe. Um, but I know that he's driven to be the best that he can be and, and help push our team forward. Uh, first of all, any chance to use the word ornery in conversation, I always feel is a bonus. I, I think a ornery Leon Dreisaitl is a good Leon Dreisaitl, and usually he keeps the uh, overly aggressive energy under control and doesn't wind up in the, plus, in the press box. I, I think Dreisaitl is one of those players th- who plays better when he's a little ticked off. Um, I, I do think Leon can be certainly a dirty player, and I, and I don't have a problem with that if he stays out of the box. I mean, we've seen him develop over the years and how he uses his stick and and does things to, to fight for his space. So, uh, yeah, I th- he's clearly crossed the line a couple times in the regular season or in the, in the, in the preseason and been penalized. I do think he offensively, I, like I, I felt last night, he j- he just was almost as if oh, I'm just going to try as many passes on my backhand as I can and see how many I can complete. Because uh, I, I think he, he he tried a couple plays he probably wouldn't have tried in a regular season game. So whatever, if that's what he's using the preseason for, uh, I, I suppose everybody's going to prepare differently. They did do a shootout last night, even though the game didn't go to overtime and wasn't tied. It was one of those practice shootouts, and Dreisaitl went and uh, scored a spectacular goal. So that was uh, good to see that he was experimenting with a new shootout move that uh, worked to a T on Philip Grubauer. So uh, anyway, some conversation there about an ornery Leon Dreisaitl. Speaking of ornery, uh, Kellen Kennedy is down the hallway of the 630 Ched control room. Kellen, how's it going? I'm not ornery. I find myself to be pretty jovial oh, you're, today. you're generally a pleasant guy. You're rarely uh, you're rarely ornery. I was just trying to use the same word as a, as, a, as a segue. How are things going over there? Doing good. Doing really good. Uh, you had a birthday, what, on Friday, which was a game day? I did, so yeah. You worked, you worked the game Friday, but then you didn't work Saturday's game. So was Saturday the day you actually celebrated? Yes. Saturday was the uh, now, celebration amongst fa- friends and family. Uh, are so. you at liberty to discuss the nature of those celebrations? <laughs> Or could those be somewhat incriminating? Uh, I can talk about the daytime stuff, sure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, the daytime stuff, uh, I, I got into golf recently over the past year, uh, much to uh, because I heard how you spoke of the sport in such glowing terms. I decided to give it a shot myself. Oh, great. So. <laughs> yes, I certainly have spoken of golf glowingly. Yes, okay. <laughs> so uh, I went out to Alberta Beach uh, with a bunch of friends and played uh, my first ever 18-hole round with uh, friends on a golf course ever in my life. So, Oh, that was the first round you ever played? Ever, ever. So yep. had you swung a club before in any circumstance? Yes, yes. Yeah, I've been to the driving range like probably okay. about 100 times already and that stuff, but never. So how, you know. did, how did you enjoy it? Uh, I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll definitely be doing it more in uh, 2024 once we get into the, the springtime over there. Now, do you keep <laughs> score or get frustrated? Because part of my problem is when I am feeling like I'm not enjoying golf as much is that I, I 
force myself to keep score, which sometimes then leads to frustration. So we didn't keep score this time around just because there was a couple of other uh, newbies that were in our group, in our foursome that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, touring around the holes with us that day. But um, yeah, I think we'll be definitely comfortable enough with a little bit more practice with the uh, now with the abundance of like golf simulators and right. indoor facilities in the uh, city. Sorry, and that which, stuff. which course did you play? Uh, Alberta Beach. Alberta Beach. I yeah. think you go straight from there to Augusta. Try to book your next cool. round there. Okay. I think you're Will right. Will do. Thank you. Alberta <laughs> Beach, right to uh, Augusta. I think you're fine. Love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to a member. I'm sure they can get you on. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that's good for you. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. And I hope you had a happy birthday. You're, you're a valued colleague and friend over the years. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And it was, for sure. It was a great weekend. So. All right. 780-496-0063 is how... You can get in touch. Uh, did you get to see any of the Blue Jays today, Kellen? I, I was I did, sort of yeah. very watching in piecemeal while I was uh, doing some stuff on Chelsea's show, so I didn't get to fully engage with the game. Uh, I know once again, you know, their offense wasn't able to produce, and mm. I know that uh, was a problem at times throughout the regular season as well for a team that was supposed to have a lot of good bats in the lineup. Baseball has a very odd, and I saw the Blue Jays doing it today because I, I kind of caught the end of the game. Uh and usually I feel like I don't see it to this extent until one team is eliminated. But I do feel, and maybe I'm missing something, but I do feel the losing team in baseball, specifically in the playoffs, is there any other sport where the players just sit in the dugout or lean on the rail and just stare into space at the other team celebrating? You know, hockey, you kind of go to your goalie. Like, if your season ends. Now, the Blue Jays' yeah. season didn't end today, but they still kind of did that, just lingering in the dugout, you know, the thousand-yard stairs out into space. Mm-hmm. Like, go to the dressing room. Like, get out of there. What, what, what do you need to do? Like, and they don't have a handshake. So, in hockey, yeah. okay, so your season ends in hockey. You go to your goalie. Yeah. You kind of gather. You wait for the other team to do a bit of a celebration. So there might be some staring into space. Yeah, and, then. And, and then football, you, sh- you don't really see it. And, and then you shake hands. You yeah. And then in hockey, you shake hands and you get off. Football, like the team that loses the Super Bowl doesn't just all sit on the bench and mope. They, no. go, they, they, they Football has kind of these partial handshakes, right? The quarterback will shake hands with the other quarterback. Yeah. You know, or you might know a guy on the other team, or you know, if a receiver and a DB were going head to head, they mm-hmm. might shake hands, and then the losing team gets off the field. Basketball kind of has that semi handshake too, and then they leave. But baseball, it's like, well, we lost, guys. Let's just sit here and look depressed and stare at the other team being happy. Like if I was the winning team in baseball, I think I would be like, can you guys get out of here? You're dragging us down. We just beat you. Leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll see it when teams get eliminated or the team that loses the World Series. Most of the guys are just going to stand there. No, the best is in baseball and in a playoff scenario when you're the away team and the away team defeats the home team and puts the home team out for the season because not only do you got the players staring off into the abyss, into the great beyond, you've got fans in the stands staring off into the abyss, into the great beyond as well, right? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's just my random observation of the day. 780-496-0063. We'll visit with Morley Scott and set up the Elks this week in a couple of minutes. (laughs) 
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Lost caused by black pistol fire? It is. What a great intro to a tune that is. I think they're Canadian, aren't they? Pretty sure they're Canadian. You would know more than I would. <laughs> I've never heard of them before the song, so. Really? Yeah. Uh, let me double check here. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're Canadian. Black pistol fire. Uh, they are from Toronto, ah. but they are based in Austin, apparently. Kevin and Eric met in kindergarten at a North Toronto elementary school. Somewhat similar to how I met our next guest, Morley Scott. Hey, Morley. <laughs> I've never heard of Black Pistol Fire either. Well, now you know. That's a good track, Lost Cause. I, that's actually the only song I know, but it's really good. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, those days back in kindergarten were great, Reed. Yeah, they, they, they really were. Uh, they really were. That's when we first started broadcasting. Uh, <laughs> I know you're coming up with the Elks this week at uh, 730, so I got you for a couple minutes here. Uh, they're getting now. They're getting a linebacker back off the injured list. Yeah, Enoch McCons is going to play. Uh, Sam linebacker, so kind of a defensive back more so than a linebacker. But yeah, he hasn't played since week three in the game against Toronto. Uh, that was in June, I believe. So he's been out for a long time. Uh, he was the uh, Elks' other first-round draft pick last year. In fact, taken ahead of Trey Ford in the first round last year. So uh, he's a good player. He'll be uh, he'll be welcome back. But well, the football gods giveth, the football gods taketh away as well. It looks like Niles Morgan's not going to play. He hasn't practiced this week. He's got a hamstring, so uh, they'll miss their middle linebacker, so Tony Jones will probably slide over in there to uh, replace Niles Morgan. So no, lots, of Mc- changes on, lots of changes on defense. Is, is McLaurin hurt? Uh, no, he's not. So uh, I don't know where. He, it doesn't look like he's going to be in a starting position, at least from the way they practiced the last couple of days. So uh, he'll be a backup and a, and a special teamer and, and step in. Uh, I'll say when or slash if somebody gets injured. It seems more if or it seems more when than if with the Elks over the last few weeks. But, yeah, that's the case. So were you the surprised to come back and move in there. Were you surprised Toronto sat out Chad Kelly against the Bombers? Yeah, I was. I was. And I also didn't like the way the coach explained it by saying a uh, 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 loud crowd and, uh, and a tough defensive line. Why would you say that? It's too hard. It's too hard for him yeah. to play. Uh, yeah, best player I mean, in the league, arguably. Yeah, and he doesn't <laughs> play against, you know, arguably the other best team in the league. So, yeah, right. I was very surprised about it. We'll, we'll see Chad Kelly on Friday night, though, that's for sure. Okay. Morley, have a good show. Thanks, Reed. This portion of the show presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. Face-off show at 5.30 tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.